1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers open think tank joining us now. At this point, he's been on a few times, so I'll call him a friend of the program. And uh, I know he's a friend to many that uh, are are upset at the college football playoff committee. Tim Brando joins us now this morning on the show. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Mr. Brader, I'm, I'm, I'm very well. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. And I, I'll be honest, you know, each week when the college football playoff committee comes out with their rankings, I know there is uh, a lot of angst and a lot of folks upset. Um, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that I'm not upset. I just, I guess I'm not surprised. And so I kind of look at them like that friend maybe everyone has that you really want them to do the right thing, but you know them so well, you know deep down it's just, it's just not going to happen. And I know you're upset, but I imagine you're probably not surprised at the farce that is the college football playoff committee. No, 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 not at all. I'm not surprised. <clears throat> but I have now reached a point where uh, I think it needs to be said that um, – the benefit of the doubt, whatever doubt that there, there might have been, uh, can no longer be given. That it is, uh, they're, they're, they're no longer subtle about it. You know, when you hear the spokesperson, in this case, Gary Barta from Iowa, who's the uh, poor soul that has to come out and try to explain this garbage away every week with Reese Davis, uh, they're no longer even attempting to camouflage their... Uh, disdain for group of five schools. Uh, the bias is no longer subtle. It's there and it's matter of fact, and it doesn't seem, it's as if they know, okay, uh, the questions that Reese Davis is going to ask. And to Reese's, uh, and let me applaud also uh, Reese and, and Kirk Herbstreit, especially, who's took, you know, he's taken some heat, some pushback for some things that he has said. And, oh, by the way, uh, while he might have been uh, a little bit uh, uh, verbose and specific about a broad-brush issue like uh, Michigan not being able to play against Ohio State, in the end he was right. You know, not, not a lot's been said about the fact that, oh, gee whiz, what Kirk said last week was proven to be true the next week. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right. these guys are walking a fine line uh, every week. And, you know, they're working for the company that has the rights to the events. And whenever you're in that position, it's tough. It's very tough to maintain, uh, you know, a journalistic credibility. So the questions are going to be asked, and they have to be asked. But you can see by the responses, um, when it comes time to say, okay, why is Cincinnati being jumped and Ohio State is not, it's, it's basically just because. Next. I mean, that, that's all he's got. So, you know, that's the bottom line. And, and to me, that it's just in your face now. It's like, hey, this is what we do. This is what you're going to have. And you can ask these questions all you like, but we really don't care because we don't answer to you or anybody else. Uh, it, is, it is no longer, in my opinion, just... Uh, it, it's no longer just wrong. It's no longer just inept. It's now corrupt. And, you know, that's a strong word. That's not a word that I would use without thinking long and hard before utilizing it. And I did last night. I finally said, you know, enough's enough. 
um, teams like uh, uh, Coastal Carolina and um, and Cincinnati that are undefeated to be you know where they are having played through an entire season and having played a lot more games even with Cincinnati's not playing for the last three weeks they still have eight games eight, that's twice as many as, as Ohio State had until last week okay so <laughs> come on you know come, the the teams that went out there and really tried to give you a, a, a complete body of work in in a in a COVID season when it was you know from week to week you just didn't know what might happen. They're they're they're, they're still penalized, okay. And uh, you know the mainstream media is complicit with this too. I mean, let's be let's be uh, honest. The, the AP poll decided back in the summer to rank teams that didn't play a game until the month of November. And Ohio State was giving a position in the starting grid, you know, um, without even playing a game for seven weeks. And I know that's not part of the playoff, but let's face it, the the people that are on the committee, they're looking at the AP poll every week. You can't tell me they aren't. So it has influence. So in a lot of ways, uh, mainstream media, apart from the committee and, and apart from the rights holder of the event, which is ESPN, they have been complicit with this. And, uh, you know, the only pushback I ever get from, from anyone is, um, uh, well, you know, Tim, that's, you know, it's just the way it is. And I'm, that, that, there's no real rebuttal right. to, to, I mean, no real, if we were going into a debate and I was a debater in high school and college, I'm telling you, it would be a blowout. <laughs> you know, you win, you win, you win, because there's no response other than, well, that's just the way it is and, and how we do things. And uh, next, what's your next question? So it's it's clear now that it's it's a corrupt process. It's a fraud. And I will no longer reference the college football playoff again on, on national TV. Um, I will not. I will call it the P5 Invitational, which is what it is. Uh, it's, it's a choice being made among five power conferences and uh that team with the bigger brand is going to be the team uh, that, that finds itself in it um you know there's some teams within the power five that are also being dissed indiana's being dissed right um they really are um and there are several other teams that fall in that category because they're they're just not a big enough brand but what's happening to you know the the american uh, the Sun Belt, especially with all the great teams in it. You know, listen, Louisiana Lafayette should be ranked a lot higher, too. And they would be in Coastal's position had they won that close game. And who knows? They may atone for that uh, when they play for the title. But uh, the reality is, you know, the teams that are sitting there undefeated are the ones that are going to be most noteworthy. And that's why, you know, Cincinnati and, and Coastal are the teams that are being thrown up there as the shining examples of what's wrong with this process. Tim Brando, our guest of Fox Sports, um, uh, Louisiana beating Iowa State by 17 on the road. The committee's like, well, you know, yeah, but it was the beginning of the year and we watch every game and blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> it just, it, it, like you said, it's, and it's not just, I'm glad you brought up Indiana because that's a point I've been trying to make as well. It's not even mm-hmm. strictly just P5. It is P5 Blue Bloods. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it just comes back to money. That's what they're working for. Yeah. And ESPN spent all that money, Tim, on being able to to broadcast these college football playoff games, which they said was going to be inclusive, and we all knew they were lying when they said it. And they want to put teams in there that they think is going to help them on that front. And fairness be damned, you know, you're, 
you're, you're, you reference, you know, be, you being on the debate team in high school in this metaphor, <laughs> you would roast the opponent in the debate. And yet the judge would sit there and say, Nope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fine. But no, no. I mean, we, we watch <laughs> a lot of debates and, uh, and, and so we just take yeah. everything into account and, you know, look, you did a really good job in the debate and boy, that was, that was probably the most fun debate we've seen this year, but we're going to go ahead and rank you outside of the top 10, not even close. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's how it would have been. And you probably would have said, you yeah. know what, screw this. I'm, I'm not going to be on the debate team anymore. But in this <laughs> regard, these teams don't really have that option. No, they don't. And, uh, um, you know, I, I saw the, the, the reality, these quotes that you hear, and, and there was one from someone tweeted out to me um, uh, on Wednesday morning uh, after the Tuesday show, they tweeted back to me, here's what Greg Sankey had to say. By the way, I've got great respect for the commissioners of, uh, of all the conferences. I do, and I think they're well-meaning, but this is just a flawed process, much as was the BCS. In a lot of ways, it's worse than the BCS because – at least the BCS had legitimate criteria. They used computers. And at that time, you recall, teams like Boise State really had a chance. I mean, they did. Uh, but n- none of these teams have a chance now. I mean, none. And they've seen to it. And, and they're condescendingly just looking down their collective noses at everyone. But Greg Sankey made the statement, well, if we went to eight, there would just be screaming and ranting and raving about nine and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's it's... It's like they go to these, uh, these, these talking points that they've had for years uh, as if most fans really don't know and don't care. And by the way, there are some casual fans out there that don't. Uh, and they're the ones that are saying, you know, you guys are just, you know, filibustering. No, those people are NFL fans that really only kind of drive by college football. They don't, they don't really care about it, don't have a vested interest in it. And, and I simply said of, uh, of that tweet, if someone said, well, this is what the commissioner said. Listen, he, he just signed a new deal that starts in 2024 for over a billion dollars for SEC football being uh, on ESPN or ABC for uh, the next 10 years at $300 million a year. That was the same package that Spencer and I were part of at CBS that they were making $55 million a year on. And we'll stay on CBS for another three years. He, he he can easily say that, okay. He doesn't have the same concerns uh, financially about about existing and then uh, Mike Aresto does at the American or the, the conference commissioners of the Sun Belt and and, um, and the American Conference um, and and of uh, the Sun Belt and Conference USA. He doesn't. Oh, Mountain West. He doesn't have those concerns. So from his pedestal, he can say. What? The same old thing that we've heard time and time again. And, and I, I just responded by saying, please, Commissioner, get some better material. This is old. It's tired. It no longer works. Um, if we had eight teams, we could make sure that one group of five team got in. We could also make sure that conference champions got in. And then we could have two wild cards, which, by the way, would open it up potentially for a second G5, although that would be difficult given the circumstances. But um, other teams that maybe didn't win their, their championships could still get in, and it would, it would make sure that every part of our nation's geography was involved. The problem college football is happening right now, and for these guys not to see it, the ratings have flattened out. It's not just because of COVID. It's not. The ratings have flattened out. There's absolutely no buzz. On their own uh, daytime shows, 
that are embrace debate shows, and by the way, this is true at my place uh, on FS1 as much as it is at ESPN, there's no conversation about college football anymore during the week. It's the second highest rated sport behind the NFL, but it's, a, it's way down. Uh, I mean, it's a distant second. And when they began this thing, they were expecting ratings that would challenge NFL playoff games. They haven't come close. They're not even sniffing that. So the reason that that's true is because, you know, with only four teams, when the Pac-12 goes belly up and the Big 12 has, you know, only two lost teams at the top, everybody knows why watch those games. They're not, they're not in the mix. They're not, they have no chance. So, you know, you're eliminating 40% of the power fives when you only have four teams getting in. If you had eight, think about the conversation. Think about how big that BYU uh, coastal game might have been if, uh, you know, if we were really talking about eight teams getting in, okay? Then that game would have really mattered. As it was, it was a great story for one week, but it was a glorified exhibition and really meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, Going to eight is the best way to fix the problem. It's also the best way to monetarily address all the great losses that everyone's having this year. And, and they are, these schools are losing somewhere between 40 to $70 million this year would have lost well over a hundred million had they not had a season because the television revenue is the only revenue they got. You know, the gate was, you know, forget the gate. There is no gate. And that has a, a gate receipts, you know, drive a lot of the bus in college athletics financially. And, um, so the TV money was all they had to, to, to lean on. And, um, you know, thank God we got some in. Thank God we had a season. Otherwise, I think uh, you would see a lot of programs that would be just dumping out of college football forever. And if we continue with this system, we're, we're going to see that. You know, we're going to see those schools that, um, uh, that compete at the, at the group of five level have to dump football entirely. And we're going to see even at the power five schools, we've already seen, a lot of uh, non-revenue producing sports drops. So it's not good across the board. Title IX could be adversely affected. Uh, I know, I know uh, uh, young fellows that uh, are my age that have grandkids, and Spencer Tillman's got a daughter that's a volleyball player, and she's having to look long and hard about you know, where, where she might go because uh, you know, as, a, as a potential collegiate player, because, uh, you know, volleyball, women's volleyball might be dropped at some of these schools. And this is all a byproduct of the incredible losses that we've incurred this year. Uh, so the best way to address the problem is to enhance the college football playoff. And, and what that means is more inventory, you know, another week's worth of games. And with that greater inventory, you get greater advertising dollar. And I think we, we would have so much more interest if we had a team from the far West and the team from the Midwest, you know, to go along with a a Cinderella story, any group of five teams would be a Cinderella story, whether that was uh, uh, the raging Cajuns or coastal Carolina uh, or or Cincinnati, that those teams would be essentially what college football never has a Cinderella story going into the playoff. And that's what, that's what American sport is all about. And we're missing it. I, I, Tim Brando, our guest, um, Tim, if, if they were, see one of the arguments always had when folks would 
stand on the the BCS stand, which, I, by the way, I think the BCS was actually better than the college football playoff. But uh, I, I agree with that now. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I, believe I, I'm saying. I it, know, but I do. It's uh, that's that's what the college football playoff has done to us, amazingly. But but an argument I used to have uh, that I didn't like to hear for people that defended it was, well, yeah, but if if you add more teams and you won't have these regular season games that mean this much. And I'm like, are you kidding? You mean that one or two games you prop up? What about all of the other games around the mm-hmm. country? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. eight teams more. And, those, and, arguments come from, those arguments come from people that right. are fans that only care about their team, uh, LSU, Alabama, yeah. or Michigan, Ohio State. Or there's more to college football than that. And – uh, again, if if we had eight spots available, we'd have probably eleven and twelve. Look at the look at the uh, rankings now. Coastal is what twelve. They just moved up from thirteen, I think, to twelve. Uh, you, you would be talking about a lot of teams in that realm between nine and and twelve and thirteen that would be vying for that spot for the, you know that eighth position. That would just increase the interest in the regular season I, I everywhere. So. Yeah, no, it's like maybe one of the dumbest statements ever made. On uh, is that particular argument? If if they go, and I appreciate your time, Tim. We'll wrap it up with you. Tim Brando will be calling the Mountain West Championship tomorrow in Vegas with uh, which. By, which, by the way, may I say something? Look at look, look, we've got on our air uh, on Friday night. Okay, so um, that's tonight. Uh, we got a Pac-12 championship game. <laughs> it, it, for some reason, out of the uh, what Larry Scott was thinking, I have no idea. So Colorado U- loses to Utah. It would have been Colorado and SC in the Pac-12 title, and then and then Washington was the next team, but they can't play because of COVID. So they plug in Oregon yeah. on the basis of what <laughs> their recruiting season. Yep. I mean, you know, their brand, pretty much. That's it. Their money. For yeah. Christ's sakes. Yeah. It's just unbelievable that. To call that your championship game is just unbelievable to me. And so I would just say, measure. I measure that game. Uh, I measure that game against the game Spencer and I have. And, and look, the Mountain West champion, San Jose State is 6-0. and they're, they're not as good, okay, athletically, in my opinion, as, as any of the teams in the Sun Belt, okay, but they are you know, out in the Mountain West, they're really, really good. And it's an unbelievable story. They haven't had an unbeaten season since 1939. Uh, the last real run that they had of a streaking team was in 1955, which is a year before I was even born. So they're making history, and they're playing Boise State, who, uh, you know, was sort of the blueprint for uh, uh, the, the party crashers of the BCS era. And uh, they're 5-1, and one, so... I think that game, the Mountain West game for Spencer, we're just going to get lost in that game and enjoy it. Uh, it's um, it's at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 Central, on uh, right after the Big Ten Championship. And you know what? They're handing out a trophy at the end of that game, and those kids are going to play their butts off. I can't, I'm so excited about it. And um, But, I mean, look, I would prefer, if you just said to me, Tim, you're doing the Pac-12 title or the, or the Mountain I'd take the Mountain West in a heartbeat. I would take you know, so in this particular season, uh, those teams that went out and played the best that they could, Santa Clara County wouldn't even let uh, San Jose play their home games uh, at San Jose. They've had to play in Vegas the last three weeks, and they've been on the road. They couldn't even go home after playing games, okay, because of the CDC there. So think about that. Uh, it's a hell of a 
hell of a story to tell, and we can't wait to tell it tomorrow. Good stuff, man. I know that um, folks are excited about it. And my final question to you, you know, with, with the flagship station for um, the Raging Cajuns, and you know, if Louisiana beats Coastal and, and, and Tulsa can upset Cincinnati uh, Saturday night, maybe they, you know, they can get into that New Year's Six Bowl. And just the idea of it is appealing to people. But the idea of the college football playoff committee being fair is is an absurd one. That's never going to happen. So if the future is what you hope it is, which is an eight-team playoff, uh, you've, you've got to have absolute written guarantees. And if you don't, like you said, if there's two at-large bids, I don't. I, you, you could have a G5 school that is absolutely deserving, and I, I feel like they'd still leave them out. you got to have guarantees written in there. Otherwise, the committee is yeah. always going to look out for the big boys with the biggest purses. And, and if you don't have you guarantees, know, part of the, it's not going right. to change. You know, part of the problem, uh, to some extent, uh, is self-induced because the conferences, uh, at the time it was 11, now it's 10. Uh, when you look at the conferences that aren't a part of the, uh, that are not a part of the power five, they, they signed off on taking less money, but guaranteed money. And they don't need to do that again. Okay. They need to flex their muscles and say, you know what, this isn't right. And we, we deserve better. And, and we're going to, you know, stomp our feet until we get more. And I think that there's, there's gotta be an entire, overhaul of the infrastructure of college football. And I've been talking about this for, you know, decades now. We need universal leadership. We need someone to come in and say, this is wrong. I, I believe it violates antitrust laws. I really do. I think it's that bad. And, um, you know, who knows? We'll see uh, where we go from here. But it could all be taken care of uh, if, if, if these well-intentioned people that I know are very smart know and see what I see. And that is uh, a sport that's losing a lot of its credibility. Uh, it's a sport that I love dearly and I complain about it a lot, but I do so from a position of love and affinity. I've been covering this sport for almost 40 years and I just, I wanted to, I don't want it to just be there. I want it to get better. You know, I want it to improve and I want college football to be uh, loved by more people. And, uh, and right now, when somebody wants to take a shot at our sport and they say, my God, look at this country club mentality they've got down there in college football, they're right. They're, <laughs> and it pains me to have to say that these, these pinheads are right. But we've got to do that. And uh, maybe, maybe as a result of the financial uh, plummeting that's taken place to the, due to COVID, uh, wiser heads within the Power Five will – will will understand that this we have reached now the summit and this is as far as we can go you know that that's what happened when the bcs had that horrible rematch between lsu and alabama uh back in 2011 you know when that happened it forced the hand and uh they didn't really you know they they went kicking and screaming bill hancock spent all of his life telling everybody you know how he loathed the the playoff well now his office has playoff written on the door Okay, so it can change. It can change. But you're right. It's got to be done in an equitable fashion. And uh, the leaders of the group of five uh, need to rally together and, 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 and put the pressure on as best they can to make sure that they are 
treated more fairly than they currently are. Tim Brando has been our guest. Tim, you've been generous with your time. I know you're busy preparing for uh, tomorrow's game, but always appreciate it. And um, not sure what your holiday plans are. I know in, in COVID, it's a weird year for all. But if you do get a chance to spend time with your family and your grandkids, I hope it's a, it's a great holiday. And we always appreciate you taking time here on ESPN 1420. Thanks a lot. Happy to do it. And tell, tell everybody down there, uh, I said hello. And uh, le bon temps roule. Let the good times roll. And let's, let's get on to 2021. It can't get here soon enough. You can say that again. Appreciate it, Tim. All the best. You bet.